0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders of Today podcast. I am Jordan Reeves and I'm joined by uh, Josh Mitchell. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me on. We're super excited to uh, come at you today um, with our first ever episode of the Leaders of Today podcast. And I think this episode is more of a general overview of like, what does Leaders of Today mean? Why did we create this podcast? Um, and every every time we're going to start our podcast with, a, with stories. So I will tell a story about Josh and then Josh is going to tell a story about me. So, oh, do you want to go fun. first? Do you want me to go first? No, please go first. All right. Well, I was I was trying to think of a good story to talk tell about you, and I had so many different ideas. Like we were little, we used to play cops and robbers in your neighborhood. Oh yeah, that's that's a classic one. We did that all the time. Uh, we went on vacation this together this summer. Uh, so like we went to my grandma's house, we went to Elevation Church. Uh, my uncle's a farm, so we went to the farm and the beach and. Went to the provision com- provision company, which is a restaurant. And that was probably my favorite restaurant. I'm not going to lie.
1: I haven't had seafood that good in a minute. <laughs> it was
0: really good. And honestly, I don't know if it was the food or if it was like It was the, the ambiance. Exactly. It was the ambiance. It, like, it was right on the water. Like you just There was a boat dock. Right for, there. Yeah, I could so step you could, out on it if I wanted to. Yeah, because the boat dock was for people who were coming there to like eat. So right. you can go right from
1: the ocean to the food. It was so good And then they had An ice cream spot Right next to it So if you wanted to Stay in the area You could Yeah and of course We got ice cream Because You have to Ice cream
0: You have a rule I have a rule If someone offers me Ice cream I can't say no That's my rule
1: And (laughs) that's a good Rule to live by Now I'm lactose intolerant But I will make I will make some sacrifices For some good ice cream It's true It's
0: true The story that I really Wanted to pinpoint here though Oh no Was uh, earlier I think it was like the end of summer, beginning of fall, uh, Josh came to Philip's house, and Philip is my pastor, and um, he has like five acres of land. And then there's this giant field behind it um, where you can. We often went out and rode uh, his golf cart and four wheeler. He actually just got rid of that. I don't know if I told you that. Oh man, he's getting a side by side instead. Okay, it'll okay. be fun. Whatever. So Josh, Josh was riding the four wheeler, and I don't know if you had you ever ridden a four wheeler before no, that. No, it was my first time. So it was his first time on a four wheeler, and. Four wheelers are lots of fun, and they're powerful and fast and lots of fun. So I showed him how to ride and we rode together for a minute, and then I got off, and I was like, "You go ride, go have fun. so so I was with Penny and Nate, who also live with Philip. They're his children, and we were on the golf cart riding around, and Philip ended up bringing out his tractor, and we were we were he was creating a pathway for us to go through to the back and we were all kind of like, where'd Josh go? Like, we had no idea where he was. And we were like, well, you know, we'll just turn everything off and we'll listen. We were trying to listen. We were like, I don't hear anything. Because you can usually hear because the engine's is right? it's loud, pretty right? loud. Exactly. So a few a few minutes later, we were like, I don't know where he is. So we started to look for him, right? And then I called him and he didn't answer. And I was like, I really hope he isn't, like, dead somewhere. Because, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of area to look for. I mean, it's not, like, a huge area, but it's probably, like, 30-ish acres. I mean, combining everything. So, uh, so I got a phone call back and I was, and he was like, Hey, what's up? And I was like, are you okay? Like, where are you? He was like, he's like nothing. I'm on my back. And so we heard the four-wheeler coming back towards us. We were like, okay, well, I guess he's fine. And when he got back, I was like, what happened? Like, where'd you go? And he was like, so I got the four-wheeler stuck on a log. Cause I was trying to go over it. And I was like, did you get stuck stuck he was like no but i couldn't get it in reverse like it wouldn't go into reverse i was like did you push the clutch he's like what's that (laughs) it was a low moment in my academic career (laughs) it's just a little button on the thing so he could put it in reverse and he couldn't figure it out so he literally just pushed it out the whole time and that that formula is not light it's heavy yeah it was a good workout (laughs) Yeah. So I have lots of good stories with Josh and some some stories where he has to push out some four wheelers, yes, do some do some hard work to g- get unstuck.
1: Yeah, not not because I had to do the hard work, but because I was working harder and not smarter. That didn't I didn't do it the simple true. way because that I overthought very true. it. Yeah, that was a low moment, but that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and it really speaks to how hospitable you are to have me over your pastor's house. <laughs> yeah. Which is like your other house. It is. I'm there all the time. But as a kid, Jordan would come over my house a lot. He and my brother were in the same class. They were really, really close. And my story has to do with the earlier part of our friendship. <laughs> when, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of a, twofer, a two for one special. Because these two stories take place so close to each other. Jordan was always really creative. He loved building things constructing things, coming up with ideas, coming up with games. And that's how we came up with the Cops and Robber game, because we were playing with our bikes. We were riding our bikes. So so usually what happened was Josh was on a bike, and then Jonathan
0: and I were on a bike too. Yeah. So then – Josh would run from us, but then Jonathan and I had walkie talkies and like. They could I think, tell where I was. Yeah, and I think there was like a button on them that made us like a siren noise. Yes. And, and then I think eventually off. we got like flashing lights to go with
1: it. <laughs> it's the most OP game, OP meaning overpowered. It's the most creative playground outdoor game I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's like cops and robbers, hide and go seek tag on bikes with walkie talkies. In a neighborhood. It was pretty baller. It was a lot of fun. But we
0: were just talking about this the other day. I was like, we need to do it again. We need to do again.
1: it again. We need to do it again. Who cares that we're not kids anymore? I'll still, still I'll still win. I'll still win. No. <laughs> nah. I was going easier on y'all. But the reason I bring up these bikes is when it was cold outside or when the weather didn't permit, we would ride the bikes in our basement because our basement was unfinished. <laughs> and we had this plastic shelf. It was the kind that you put together yourself, yourself. And we had set it up and put some board games and books and stuff on it in the back corner of our basement. And one day we had broken the shelf. So we just had these plastic pieces on the ground. So we set them up in an obstacle course and we would bike or scooter around them. And we would try to do different tricks and stuff. Well, Jordan thought it would be a good idea... To just try to go around all the plastic pieces on the floor. I don't know if you remember this. But you were on a scooter. (laughs) One of those Razor scooters that would karate chop your ankle. And he ran over the plastic. He didn't go around it. He ran over it. And he fell and broke himself. (laughs) I broke myself real good. And and he was down for a good little second. maybe, Maybe five, seven seconds. And then he stood up. And walked off like nothing happened. He didn't cry. He didn't (laughs) scream. You just heard, bang, Jordan on the floor. Three seconds later, he's up. So that was one day. A couple days later, maybe a week or two later, we went to the movies. Some new movie had come out. And so we went to Easton Mall. For those of you who know where Easton Mall is, you have to take an escalator up to get to the movie theater. And this man fell down the up escalator (laughs) I didn't go anywhere I just kept falling which made it that much better because he's falling down the same step over and over and over again it was great it was great and I'm still at the I think I still had to get my ticket so I'm at the bottom of the escalator just watching this all unfold. (laughs) and it gets worse because as he's falling he's trying to get up he's not all the way down you know it's like, like I kept going. I yeah, was in the same cause spot. He's st- Cause he's moving. He's moving up but falling down. It was amazing. So this man <laughs> fell down the up escalator, and that has to be one of my favorite Jordan memories. You know, when I got broke in your
0: basement, I I like vividly remember like feeling like I was gonna throw up. Like it hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "It's okay. It's fine. I'm gonna walk this off." He Actually, didn't cry. When I was little, my mom like if I fell or something, she would she would like if I fell, she'd go safe. Like it was like a baseball game so like oh. i would just fall and then i'd be like oh i'm safe it's okay <laughs> so i'd get up and keep going you're good you're good so i think i think that's just probably where i got it from i just never was able to like cry that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> but, hey it, well, it all worked out
0: it all worked out you're it safe all you're out. here now exactly Ah, uh, so jumping mm-hmm. in i think the very first question that we need to answer is what does leaders of today mean mm. do you want do you want to
1: Start off. you want me to start off? I would love to start off. Okay. Leaders of today means it is not too early or too late for you to lead. Leaders of today means you don't need to wait your turn to step into a position of leadership. And to do that, we need to define what leadership is. If we're telling people they can be leaders right now where they are, they need to understand what comes with that it's easy for us as young adults to envision leadership because of the people who came before us Mm -hmm. we were very privileged to have to come from two-parent homes to come from christian homes to come from excellent schools yeah but as a kid as a younger as a young child I don't think we would say that we saw leadership the same way. You probably envision leadership as being the boss of a company, Mm -hmm. maybe the principal of a school, maybe you think of your parents, but we associate leadership with adulthood. Yes. And older adulthood. We think that there are certain criteria we still need to meet. You're out of college, you're financially independent, you're married, you have children, you've already started your business, you're already established to some extent before you begin to lead. And we tell children, we tell our own generation, we tell young people, young adults, teenagers, middle school students, et cetera, they are the future, meaning they're the leaders of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That the lessons they're learning now, the choices they're making now will set them up to be great leaders someday down the road. What we aim to do when we say leaders of today is instill in them they're already leaders. Yeah that the lessons that they're learning today can help them be great leaders today. Yes. That that it's not something that's far off, but the choices they're making, the influence that they have, the power that they have is something they can tap into right now. And I'm that's
0: the exactly why we I name this the Leaders of Today podcast because I truly believe that everybody listening right now is a leader and that they are someone who can lead today. Like we don't need to wait till tomorrow to start leading. I mean I'm 21 years old, but, I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of things that I could do. Like, I'd be, I could say, oh, I'm going to wait to that in the future because that's not a job for a 21-year-old or someone that's 21 probably can't handle that kind of pressure. Um, but just things that I truly believe that myself and Josh and you listening, things that you can do. It doesn't have to be you have to wait for a certain age to be do something or a certain uh, financial goal to meet to do something you can start something today and that always starts out small like no matter what you're trying to do you start small it doesn't i mean you can start bigger when you have more money or i guess you're a little bit older you'll be able to start bigger but if you start today then you don't have to wait till it's bigger you can just it will be much bigger by the time that you get to that point i guess that's what i'm trying to say yeah
1: that's powerful that's powerful. And it will be bigger, but it won't just be starting. Exactly. The vision won't just be starting because it's already been birthed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what does it mean to be a leader of today?
1: Mm. To be a leader means to be a servant. That's the very first thing I think of. Yes,
0: I totally agree. If There's to- so many different types of leadership. Right. But servant leadership, to me, is by far the best type of leadership. I agree. I agree.
1: And I think what makes every other type of leadership successful and impactful is adding in that servitude component. The people who lead you are not better than you. Mm -hmm. They might be more experienced than you. They might be more qualified than you, they might not. But what makes them good leaders today is their capacity to serve people. Because leadership starts with yourself. They they must be good leaders of themselves. So what what is a leader then? A leader is someone who's influential. A leader is someone who has the capacity to turn a vision into a reality. But leaders are movers of people and ideas. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's what a leader is. That's how I define leadership. And I think... The most successful leadership needs to involve humility and service and love to be able to lead in love. And when I talk about leading in love, I'm not talking about an emotion. Um, obviously I'm coming I am coming from a Christian perspective because the leader that I base my paradigm on is Jesus, but what I'm when I mean love, I mean an active decision to sacrifice yeah. for someone else's good. And that doesn't involve Hugging someone, it doesn't have to involve getting teary eyed or emotional in any sense. Mm -hmm. But when you have the drive to elevate someone and some idea from where it is now to where you envision it going, that's leadership. And I think leaders need to be able to effectively view others as more important than themselves. So when you take care of yourself and you're leading yourself, you're prioritizing the business you have to handle, getting enough sleep at night, I'm talking about simple things, getting your assignments done, your homework done, taking care of business, and you have enough power in yourself because you've taken care of yourself, because you've been leading yourself, to then turn around and serve someone else, to elevate someone else, to work with someone else, to collaborate with someone else, that's effective leadership. And the best leaders don't wait for permission to begin that. The best leaders don't need a title. They don't need clearance. They don't need authorization. All they need is an opportunity. And if they don't have that, sometimes they'll make an opportunity for themselves to serve and lead in love.
0: Yeah. I love how you said love in there. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is called live and love. It's by Lauren Akins. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the whole premise of her podcast is that, that when we go and do things, we need to go and do them in love because that's how Jesus did them. Um, also another one of my favorite podcasts is called, um, dream big by Bob Goff. Yes. And his for very first book is called love, love does. does. And, it, and it has a similar premise where it's just, we need to love people. And then through loving people, we will get, we will get through so much more. And, um, I think one of the reoccurring things that will probably come up, um, uh, Time and time again throughout our podcast is building relationships and how important relationships are in leadership. Um, I think I don't remember who said this, but someone something that stuck stuck with me at some point in my life. Who knows when it was? Was it says you, no one is a leader if they don't have any followers. Mm. Like you have to build the relationships with the people that you are going to lead before you can become a leader. Because if you're a leader that is just a random person out there with no followers, it's called being a random person.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. And um, Josh and I uh, started a po- uh, started a podcast. Non-pro- no, we started a nonprofit um, about last year, about this time, mm-hmm. I guess a few months earlier. So if we're recording this in March. I think we started our leaders of today. first the- board meeting was in January. Yeah, it was in January. Um, and it's also called Leaders of Today. Um, And we were talking to a lady. Her name is Jordan Davis. And um, we were asked... Where I got the name Leaders of Today was from one of her speeches. And so we were talking to her, and I was like, why do you think that we are the leaders of today? We being Josh and I, who we're both 21 now in Madison, and she'll be on the podcast in, I think, episode three, Mm -hmm. so in two weeks. Um, And she... And she said, "Isn't the time when we believe in, or isn't the time when people believe anything is possible the time we want them to lead the most? We need them to empower people as they're finding their finding their independence to lead actively and urgently now. You don't need points of permission to make a difference. And I think that that quote just encapsulates what we want to do throughout this podcast: is we want people to lead actively and urgently because we don't need permission to go do it."
1: That's empowering. And I'm I'm so glad that you had that vision, Jordan, and that you are leading, that you are exemplifying what it means to be a leader of today, because other people will listen to that and hear that encouragement, that motivation, that inspiration during these episodes, during your podcast, but then they can see it in your life, in all the arenas where you lead, not just this show and not just the nonprofit either, but what the nonprofit aims to do is expand the realm of where other people can lead as well in their communities at a young age. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very grateful for our friendship and for the ability to see you leading in that way because this is not something that's new. Yeah. This, this idea has been on your heart for over two years, almost three. It was, it was COLA 2019. 2018. 2018, so four years. Four so, years, leaders of today. Yeah, almost nonprofit four years. Was in the works. In the works. And what that means is leadership is a pathway, too. It's a process. Just because you have a great idea does not make you a leader. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away. But you had the diligence, you had the community, and you had the drive to make it happen. And now here we are, almost four years removed from you writing down Hey, I want to start a nonprofit sitting, recording a podcast episode for a show under the same name.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I think that what you just said was such an important step is just writing it down. But when I when we were at COLA, COLA is a leadership conference that um, I went to, like Josh said, in 2018. And um, one of the things that we did was we created impact statements. So we went through this whole uh, six-day course, and it was intensive, and it was all day, and I was exhausted every day when I went home. And at the very end, we, we had a graduation. And during graduation, um, all of us said what we wanted to do to impact our community. And the thing that I wrote down was I wanted to create a nonprofit. Um, and the idea of the nonprofit was a little bit different then, um, but it is – The nonprofit itself came to fruition and I had to stand in front of probably 150, 200 people and say what my goal was. And so those are two major steps that I think that all people need to take when they're um, creating something new. They need to first write it down, write down your goals, like putting it on paper is so important, but also telling people and telling people is really scary, like really super scary because uh, what if it doesn't happen? then mm. you just had a, had an idea that didn't happen and you look – it feels like a failure because yeah. something didn't happen. But when you tell people, they can hold you accountable. When you tell people they can hold you accountable for this is your goal, this is your dream, what are you doing about it? Like I know you and I have had conversations mm-hmm. of things that we want to do in the future. Yeah. Um, and it's – I want to be able to hold you accountable. And I want you to hold me accountable at the same time, because there are things that I will forget about. And not because they're not good ideas. But I mean, there's so many ideas that we talk about. And there's things that I want to do. And I like, I get burned out on it. Exactly. And I need someone else to hold me accountable for this idea and for this goal. And I'm not saying that all goals are or not all ideas are amazing ideas, and not all ideas will come to fruition. I think a question I'm going to ask later is, have you ever failed? Mm. And both of us have had some major failures that we'll talk about later. Um, But I just think that telling people is such an important step in having a goal accomplished. Mm
1: -hmm. It is. And I'm so glad you bring up that piece about accountability and writing it down because some of us never translate the idea from our head to the paper. We never visualize it. We never put it, Put it someplace tangible, someplace visible. And then we never tell anyone else about it. So what happens is that same thought that's in your head gets crowded out by all the other ideas that are coming in your head. Mm -hmm. And then what you're left with is a bunch of great ideas and no execution. And you've held me accountable in that way. And you continue to, even the fact that we're recording this episode right now. Because this time, two years ago, Yeah. Almost two years ago, we connected at my brother Jonathan's graduation party and I told him that I was starting a podcast. He said, oh, what's it called? I told him the name. He followed us on Instagram. He started listening to our episodes. And then he told me about Leaders of Today, the nonprofit and we would meet and we would discuss our vision, his vision, we would write down the goals, we would send emails to the board members, we would plan out the agenda for the board (laughs) meetings, always talking about this vision, this vision. And one day, we were in the car and he just asked me, what's something that you wanna do? I would love to help you create something that you wanna do. And I told him about this conversation network idea that I had with my friend Elijah, I said, I want to create a lane where other people speak, and I'm not sure how to flesh that out. I have all these great ideas. Like I love working with kids. I love to drum. I love to write poetry. I rap. I have this podcast. I, what, what, am I, what am I gonna do with all of this? But we could help create other shows, not just the show that I already have. And Jordan thought that was a good idea, but he wanted to start a show. He wanted to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're several, several months removed from that conversation. But now. Probably more than a year. I was about to say. (laughs) I was about to say, probably a year, if not more than a year. But here we are. And we have many more visions to come um, to flesh out, to execute. But it's so important to have that accountability piece and to write it down, write Mm -hmm. down the vision and make it plain. And I'm glad that we're able to practice doing that. It's so true. It's so true. So how do you start
0: in leadership? Like, what is, like, how do you tangibly take a first step in whatever you're doing?
1: Great question. I have a phrase, a uh, model that I live by. Every, bro- every big brother needs a big brother. Every little brother needs a little brother. I cannot honestly envision myself leading in any capacity if I didn't see leadership in front of me. Good or bad leadership. Yeah, I needed an example if it wasn't an example of what to do an example of what not to do mm-hmm. uh, You and I are both The firstborn don't have Older <laughs> siblings you're an only child you don't have yeah. younger siblings either That's True. But we don't have a big brother in the house with mm-hmm. us But we do have men and women who are older than us that we look up to that we can confide in be it your dad or your mom be it a mentor or discipler, a coworker, a family friend, someone in leadership who's affirmed you. And that's where it started for me. I'm privileged in the the fact that I had older men and older women as well, but specifically older men in my life affirm me, speak over me. I have people in my life who are like a big brother, like for example, at my church, a brother by the name of Arthur Poindexter, um, Michael Pittman, Skylar Johnson, just some men that have personally affirmed me. My pastor, my dad, my grandfather, and I've seen all of them in leadership in some way or another. But how do I start? Especially when I'm talking to people who aren't necessarily as privileged, who might not have that person. How do you start in leadership? I think you need to start with an idea. You start with leading yourself. Mm Mm-hmm in the simple things. What, what do you wanna do? What is your big idea? And when I say big idea, I mean dream really, really big. Cause who you wanna be when you grow up might change. Your passions might change, but the fact that you're leading is not gonna change. You might, you might go from leading a Bible study or small group to leading a church. Mm-hmm. You might go from leading a focus group to leading a committee meeting. You might go from leading yourself as a high school student to leading yourself as a college student. You might go from leading yourself in one major to another major. Things will change, seasons will change, but the principle of leadership won't. So, you need to you need to start with your idea. Where where do I want to go and start leading yourself? Affirm yourself. Do you work out? Do you make up your bed in the morning? Do you get three meals a day. These are just simple things that you can do to lead yourself well. That's the first step. Then I think the second step is that accountability piece. Get connected to somebody else. Maybe you have a mentor, maybe you don't. Tell a friend. Tell somebody what your idea is, what you're trying to do, because then they can hold you accountable. And then the third step is that opportunity. It can start small. For example, starting my own podcast with, with Elijah and then my own solo podcast started out real small. It started out with little videos on my Instagram story. Mm-hmm. I would just record those. But then people would tell me, hey, man, I really got something from that. Or, ooh, this is really good. But then after 24 hours, it would, it would go away. They wanted to see it. So I thought, oh, I'll just make a little highlight reel on my Instagram story. But then I got connected to someone. I got connected to Elijah that was the next step. Mm-hmm. Then we started going on Instagram Live about it. And
0: it's amazing how, like, the the small things that you do, the small things that you are faithful in are the things that God uses yes. to, like, to make so much bigger and so much better than you could even imagine. I think that w- one of the things that we talk about continuously on our podcast is, one, relationships, but two, it's just how amazing God is and how the... Things that you do now are things that he will use in the future and that you will look back on and say, how did I get here? Like, I should not have gotten here. It is, it is the things that only God could have done. There's so many things in my life that I look back and I'm like, only God could have orchestrated this. Only God could have orchestrated me doing this one thing in eighth grade that led to me leading something in the future. Like, only God could have known that those two things would have correlated. There's no way that any person on earth could have done that.
1: That's his favor. And when you do lead well, you give all the glory and honor right back to him. Yes. And he'll prime the pump. He'll continue to use you because the things that you're doing bring honor and glory to him. And they bring more people into relationship with him.
0: It's true. It's true. And I think that the thing that um, me, but also... One of, the, one of my goals for the podcast is that, is that we point back to God and our leadership. The yes. things that we do in our leadership point back to how amazing God is and how um, others, not saying that others have to follow him, um, but encouraging others to follow him because it, I don't even know, there's no way it would be anywhere near where I am right now if I, had, if I didn't have God in my life. No way.
1: He is He's the foundation. It's true. He's the center.
0: Um, So why are you so passionate about young people?
1: I'm passionate about young people because people were passionate about me. Mm. This is an opportunity to pay it forward. Yeah. This is my thank you. This is my investment. I saw what it did for me. And I don't want to ramble on because, you know, I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> I will. But. I'll just share a really, really quick example that I think explains why I'm so passionate about young people. My grandma has a charm bracelet with seven stones in it, one for each of her grandchildren. She prays for us every night, and she texts us that she's praying for us. And she always asks me how I'm doing. She texts me every night, and we try to catch up once a week. That's my grandma. My grandfather picked me up from school every day from preschool to when I started driving, when I got a car.
0: Man, we had some
1: fun times in your grandpa's back car. Yeah, didn't you? <laughs> didn't we? But that's an investment that they made in me. Now, the reason I bring up my grandparents is they didn't get to go to college. That wasn't an option for them, but they made sacrifices and they made choices so that their children could go to college. And because their children went, I had the opportunity to go to a school A private Christian school where I met you Mm -hmm. I don't have that same experience I can't go back in time and say thank you and I can't even play this enough time so that they'll get to have the childhood experiences that I did Mm -hmm. they can't but you know what I can do is the same way they invested in me invest in someone else because I see what a change and what a difference that makes when we inspire young people we change the culture the world goes as young adults and children go Mm -hmm. we we are the culture we are not just the future we are the present societies change politics change cultures change when young people change it makes a difference in those permeable very impressionable stages of life and from for us that's our childhood that's when we're, we're young. Mm-hmm. Not just when we're kids, but when we're young adults as well. I am where I am today because somebody believed in me. I've seen the change that that made in my life. So I pay it forward instead of paying it back by investing in other young people. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I am very similar. Um, I I don't know if I can like pinpoint a specific thing like you did, why I'm, why I'm so passionate about young people. But I think that... I've been invested invested in by so many other people that for me to not give back Mm. would be like a disservice. I am so blessed with so many different things. I'm so... uh, I have so many things that I should not have um, in that if I didn't use those resources to um, encourage others and help others become better leaders and become better people than they are right now, um, it would be a disservice to society and disservice to myself. And, um, yeah, I just think that there's so much that I have learned that I can pass on to other people. Not that I know everything by any means. I don't know. But but
1: we, but we've learned a lot, but we've learned a lot.
0: Yeah. And we've, and we've tried to, uh, we've tried to learn all that we can from the people that we've been around. And I think that's very important. So Josh, What is something that you've done in your life that you consider a success?
1: (laughs) One thing that I've done in my life that I consider a success is is my schooling. Your schooling, yeah. Yeah, Uh, graduating from high school was a success. That was just one thing that came to mind. Serving children, serving young people, is a success, and my family. Being, being a member of my family is a success. I say that because I make them proud. Yeah. I think one of my biggest successes, I can't just just choose one, but I know that I'm making a difference when I speak. I love public speaking, I'm a public speaker, I'm a poet and a spoken word artist, and I have the opportunity to speak a lot in local churches recently. I spoke uh, at a church that's connected to an elementary school where I used to serve, where I used to work, actually. And one of the kids that was in the after school program where I worked came up to me afterwards. This is four years removed from me working there Mm -hmm. and asked me for my autograph. And at that point, I thought that was a success, not because he was asking me for my autograph, but because he remembered me, Yeah, that even though all I was doing was helping him with his homework and playing silly games with him. Four years ago, now he's in fourth grade. He was in kindergarten at the time. He remembered me. I think it's a success when I see the people that I've served turning around and serving themselves. Mm-hmm. So have you ever failed? Absolutely. Would you like to explain? Yes, yes. <laughs> I would love to explain. I've had many failures. I'm, I'm going to keep this concise but one of the first examples, well, one of the biggest examples, not the first, definitely not the first, (laughs) um, examples of failure that comes to mind is my freshman year of college. I set out with three major goals my freshman year of college. I had an academic goal, I had a social goal, and I had a spiritual goal. Academic goal, I succeeded in until my second semester. That was the first time in a long time I'd received any grade other than an A. And it was because I failed a couple assignments, not for my like my intellectual gaps, not because I was dumb, but because I didn't finish the assignments, because I got burnt out. <laughs> I did too much, trying to do so much serving. And this is a quick example of a failure. I prayed to God that he would humble me because I... I get a little arrogant. I get a little prideful. And man, I had the opportunity to drum for a big event at, on Ohio State's campus. It was called Gospel Fest. And I was drumming for the African American Voices Gospel Choir. I was so excited. I was so amped up. I was really feeling myself. And the speaker blew out. The speaker <laughs> started smoking. Oh, And mu- no. musicians will understand this, but I had my in-ear monitors go out. As a result, all I was getting was static and feedback uh-huh. from the monitors. So this song that we were doing is called Worship the Lord by Judy McAllister and the West Angeles Choir. It's very intense at the beginning. It's very important that I stay on beat as the drummer. And I was not on beat. You know, I wrecked the whole song. Like mm. the, the The intro of the song was terrible because I was off because I couldn't hear. And I let the whole choir down and I felt like a failure. And the choir leader who knows my family personally, I thought was let down. And it was on a big stage with hundreds of people in front of me and everybody knew that drummer done messed up. <laughs> that drummer done messed up. But I failed, I feel I failed in that opportunity while I was failing in school at the same time. Now, I didn't flunk all my classes, mm-hmm. but my GPA dropped because I was not prioritizing school. I I called it a big success. I'm part of the honors program. I graduated from high school with honors. I wanted to graduate, still want to graduate college with honors, but that goal was deferred because I wasn't focused.
0: Yeah, and there's so many good things that we can do in our lives. There's a bazillion things that we can do. And most of them are good. Not all of them, definitely. But most of them are good. And what we need to realize is that we can't do all of the good things because we can't do any of the good things great. Mm. Because we can't take our attention and split it 30 different ways and still be on our A game for every single one of them. There's there's no way. That's right. We can't. If you get no sleep, then you're not going to run your A game the next day and it's not there's just too many things that we can do that are all good which is why i'm which is why i think that it was great that you talked about prioritizing
1: that's a lesson i've had to learn myself mm-hmm. the, the hard way i hope that someone who's listening to this can avoid some of those pitfalls yeah so going off of
0: what we just said what is something that you wish you were asked 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 about more often i don't know why that was so hard to say <laughs> it's hard to say if you say
1: it fast what is something you wish you were asked about often that's hard to say fast that, <laughs> but you did just fine I I, I I practiced in my head before i said it out loud. <laughs> in your head man i wish i was asked more about children that i work with more i love that answer i wish that i was asked about them more not not even specifically what they're doing what what's their name or where do they live or the specifics cuz that's that's personal I can't really share that all the time mm-hmm. but I just wished more people asked me what good was going on in the in the kids that I see yeah there I get so much good news I I get so much inspiration so much motivation and encouragement just from seeing the kids that I work with. Mm-hmm. I wish I was asked about that more. My creative outlets. I'm asked a lot about professional and academic outlets. But Josh, are you, are you writing any poetry right now? What's a book that you're reading right now? Mm-hmm. I wish I was asked about that hey, more.
0: Hey, what is the book you're reading right, now? right I, now? I wish that I asked that on every podcast. Yes. I, I probably will not. So I'm going to ask you now. What's a book that you're reading right
1: now? Right now, I'm reading a book called Unwanted. Mm. by Jay Stringer. It might be Stringer, but I say Stringer. Jay, (laughs) I hope I'm saying his name right. Jay Stringer, he is a licensed mental health counselor, and he wrote a book called Unwanted about how our past experiences, specifically with sexual trauma and sexual brokenness, affect the way that we think and the way that we live. It's a good pairing for me as a social work major, learning about, and will continue to learn about, Adverse childhood experiences And I like to read A story, this is not a storybook At all So I will say I'm also reading the book of Jeremiah In the Bible right now I'm in chapter 26 right now So I'm reading the book of Jeremiah And Unwanted by Jay Stringer Thanks for asking I'm reading a book
0: called Undistract. I think it's funny that both of our books start with un Un <laughs> They're very different I'm right. sure but, but I think it's funny Um so for each podcast, I'm going to close out with a quote of the day. So the very the very first one is actually by Mother Teresa. And okay. I actually know how to say that whole name. I'm sure moving forward, some of the quotes I picked out, I'm not going to know how to say these people's names because English is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's <laughs> English hard. is hard. So I actually okay, got this awesome. quote the other day, um, and it was uh, – I was in a Bible study, and the quote is, I'm a little pencil in the hand – of a writing God who is sending mm. love letters to the world. And when she was saying this, the longer quote talks about how she is just the pencil and God is writing mm. so that we are what God is using to fulfill his plan. Yeah. So what do you think about that quote?
1: I love the visual. Mother Teresa is by far one of the most, Generous people with their wisdom I've ever, I've ever experienced, because I, I, I can't say I've, I've met her, <laughs> but experienced, that I know of, one of the most generous with her wisdom. I love that visual for two quick reasons. Number one, she says, I am a little pencil in the hands of a writing god. That's humility right there. That's how you know Mother Teresa was a, was a leader, mm-hmm. just right off the bat, that humility At the same time, she's saying, but I'm in the hands of a writing God. Mm -hmm. So it's humbling, but it's an honor. And I think that's what leadership is, and that's what makes it such an honor to lead in the kingdom of God. Because on one hand, I'm understanding that he doesn't need me. I'm a little pencil. How replaceable are pencils? You know, if if a pencil gets so small that you can't write with it anymore because you've already used so much of the lead, you just, just throw, throw it away, away and get a new uh-huh. one. But he chose to write with me though. And he chose to write a love letter. And then two, that's the humbling part. Two, the honor is I'm in God's hand. God yeah. chose to use me. Amen. I didn't do anything to earn it. In fact, all the lead that's in me or the graphite or whatever you want to use for this analogy, <laughs> Because saying there's lead in me, that sounds like I got shot up. <laughs> sounds kind of bad. But the capacity to write, maybe we should say ink. I'm a little pen in the hand of God. <laughs> Look at me, now I'm changing the quote. But everything that I need to be this pencil, to be this instrument, God gave me in the first place. Yeah, That's like me cooking you a meal with food that you bought. I wouldn't be able to cook that for you if you didn't get the food in the first place. Mm -hmm. Or if I wrote you a letter with the pen and the paper that you gave me. I need something from you just to be able to serve you. I need energy. I need talent. I need creativity. I need accountability. I need all these things just to glorify God. And he gave me everything that I needed. And he saw that I was a little pencil. He saw that there were plenty of other people who could do what I'm doing. And he's using them too. But even though he didn't need me, even though he didn't need to use this little pencil, he chose to put it in his hand mm-hmm. to send love to the world. And that's an honor. I love that. I, love that, I love that.
0: And I love that we are the ones that get to go do it. Yeah. And I I think that it would be such the world would be such a better place if we actually did what if we actually went and did the things that God asked us to do. If we just actually went and did them, because I feel like so many times we're afraid of. I'm not qualified to do this mm. and I'm not qualified or, uh, I can't do this because of blank or, um, I just, I just believe that all of us can just do it. Like we are the leaders of today. We are, yes. we are the instruments that God is using to go do things. And by waiting, um, we're disobeying God mm. and, um, Wow. I just truly believe that if we did what God asked us to do, when He asked us to do it, we we could do so much more in this world. So, Josh, thanks for being here today. I know that you'll be on most of our other podcasts yes. in the future. Just here asking questions and here um, talking to us. I also wanted to put or add in that you can follow us on Instagram at Leaders of Today Podcast, the at sign, obviously leaders of today podcast. Um, I think we're on Facebook at leaders today podcast also. Yes. And then, um, you can find us on the internet. Like we have a website is what I'm trying to say. It is leaders of today. Co. like the letters, Co. Mm -hmm. central Ohio, um, dot com forward slash podcast. And then I think that way you can reach us. So if you have any questions you want to ask us or, um, any comments? We would love to hear from you, so feel free to reach us, reach out with us that way, or I guess even on Instagram or Facebook
1: uh-huh. as well.
0: Yes, so we are super excited to jump into this um, podcast, and I have been very excited to do it. Not just because it helped Josh fulfill his dreams, but also because um, I just thought it would be something fun that we could do. Next week, I believe we are going to have Philip Bassham. Yes. He is my pastor, so he the will be
1: guy who's four wheeler. I got stuck on the lawn. Exactly,
0: exactly. The first time you ever met him. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I <laughs> yeah. don't know if I actually added that in there, but that was the very first time that Josh had met Philip, and he got his four wheeler stuck.
1: <laughs> he forgave me like a good pastor should.
0: <laughs> like a good pastor. <laughs> so Philip will be here next week. We're super excited to have him. Um, he is going to talk to us about um, what, how to measure success, mm-hmm. and that it's not a one size fits all. Exactly. Yeah it's actually what he he is a doctor he got his doctorate in leadership and that's what he wrote his dissertation on so i'm super excited to have him here next week and i am super excited to have all of you here listening with us so thank you and um we will see you next week i guess you will hear us next yes, week yes yes